All right, guys. So we had to dust off the mics to do this one. Um, thanks for everyone's patience over these last few weeks. We both had tons of stuff going on. And honestly, I know for me, last episode, I just wasn't 100% confident in my message that I got across. And so I wanted to take a step back for a few weeks. And I know Essie felt, you know, like she wanted to take a step back for other reasons too. And so um, here we are today and we're going to talk a little bit about masculine and feminine energies that we touched on in our previous episode with Jordan. And so masculine and feminine energies are the, are the dual, the, um, you know, dichotomy of, of different energies that exists within a human being, you know, so the ideology says, and, um, just like there's masculine and feminine energies on e each side of the polarity, there's light and dark on each side of the polarity. So, you know, masculine and feminine energies in this whole concept and this whole conversation has a light side and has a dark side. And I know for me, I really tend to be a little bit naive and I, and I always see the light side uh, without necessarily realizing the social implications of, of the dark side that are very real. Um, and so when, you know, I took a step back to do more research on masculine and feminine energies and I could kind of realize some of the issues in this conversation, I, I feel it's really important to have this conversation as does SD. SD, you know, also, you know, knows a little bit about why this conversation can be harmful. And she was, she helped me to see it a little bit more too. So this is definitely coming from both of us. Um, yeah. So before I jump into it, SD, is there anything you want to add to that little intro there? No, I think you introduced the topic beautifully and you explained kind of like what we mean when we're talking about masculine and feminine energies. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like sometimes that can be misunderstood, which is one of the, one of the issues with the content that's describing it is some people might internalize it in a way that it wasn't meant to be, but um, yeah, I would love to just kind of hear what your experience has been exploring that idea and, and what you've learned recently and yeah, what you'd like to share with our listeners. Yeah. So yeah, I think we really need to hit home the major point that masculine and feminine energy is not delineated towards men and women. And um, it can exist, you know, within any gender expression. Um, but just so people get like a baseline understanding of what we're talking about, um, feminine energy is said to have qualities of empathy, nurture, fluidity, softness, reception, openness, devotion, creativity, compassion, community feelings, support, intuition, life understanding. And masculine energies are more are known to have uh, qualities of leadership, action, reason, logic, adventure, strength, loyalty, firmness, survival, pride, honor, confidence, focus, power. So you can see how blending the two of these to have a balanced you know, way to approach life would, would be a really positive thing. You know, you'd be a well-rounded person, um, and be able to tap into both sides, um, in order to make your life more effortless and just to feel more embodied and like you're really experiencing all sides of what you can experience as a human. Um, 
So when we think about masculine and feminine energies, those masculine energies, as we've alluded to on this podcast, are, are far more valued in our society, in Western society. Um, we want people to be productive. We want them to be, you know, be strong, be uh, build, um, you know, logic, data, all of those things are highly valued. And then of course, if you look on that, look at that from a grand scheme of things, you know, of course, that the female expression has been oppressed for um, centuries and is not valued as much in our society, is looked down upon. So society has far too long devalued feminine qualities um, and, you know, oppressed them. And, you know, people who embody feminine qualities have been forced to kind of take on more of those masculine qualities that are, you know, so respected in our society. But with that being said, this is where some of that danger comes in with this, this idea of the divine feminine energy, because um, this is like more of a benevolent sexism that saying feminine are feminine people are this way. We are um, soft and we are docile and we're caretakers takers and we're maternal and we're more um, emotional than we are rational. And it's kind of perpetuating these, these negative stereotypes, um, well, negative, if you will, or devalued in our society, it's perpetuating that, you know, feminine people are only that, and they're not the masculine. Um, so that's one way that, you know, this concept is dangerous. And I want to read a quote that I saw on Chopra.com that I really loved. It says, insisting polarity between masculine and feminine energies within the men men and women correspondingly limits people from living the full range of human experience. So this is a healthy way to view the masculine and feminine energies. It's saying every person um, can embody masculine and feminine energies. It's just a label we're putting on these certain qualities um, in order to, you know, live a harmonious life and accomplish many great things and have wonderful relationships, you know, so that's how I view it. And that's why I thought it was a really beautiful concept when I first learned of it. And it made sense to me, you know, to kind of think about how we can balance these two um, energies. Um, Anything you want to add, Esty? I was just thinking of like how a stereo, like a stereotype, an ongoing, like, perpetuation is that like, oh, women can't be in leadership positions because women are emotional and like they wouldn't be able to handle it, which first of all, being emotional and being sensitive is not a bad thing. It's also not a blanket statement that every woman is emotional and sensitive, you know, which we've already kind of touched on that. But it's just interesting that they've done research studies that show that, um, you know, women who are in senior leadership positions of like Fortune 500 companies actually perform, but be- the companies perform better than companies that have male, like men in those leadership positions. And then also like, if you look at countries that are led by a female president or a female monarch or whatever, typically, well, like, I mean, I don't know, that could be arguable depending on what you deem as like a successful country, but there's just like research showing that women actually outperform men in a lot of leadership positions in many different scenarios. And then there was another one saying women actually perform better in a crisis compared to men. So it's like all of these ideas that everyone perpetuates that actually aren't even true. Um, 
I don't know where that fits into our conversation, but I thought of it when you were talking, so I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that does fit in because again, it shows that we, we value these masculine qualities because that's how our society has been set up for, you know, years. Um, so yeah, then how do we measure success and how do we measure what makes a great leader and all, and all those things? Um, yeah, it's really interesting, but. And like, arguably someone could deduce that being a more sensitive individual might make you a better leader. So it's kind of going back to that duality of like, when you have a balance of both, it can actually create like, you know, strengths in a personality. Um, yeah, 100%. And that's why, that's why I still do, do like this framework of masculine feminine energy, because I agree. Like if I read all these qualities about somebody where they combine, you know, this person had a mix of both of these qualities, I would say, yeah, you know, I'm for this person. And this sounds like fantastic. If you have a healthy expression of both sides of these energies, I mean, I think you would be, you know, a great leader. So yeah, I agree with that. And that's again, why I still like this framework for my, for myself in some ways, just to kind of think about, um, one extremely alarming thing that I read. Um, and again, I just, I didn't realize this when I first started learning about this is that TERFs or trans exclusionary radical feminists actually have said that the divine feminine is a way to deny trans women into the feminine community. And, you know, there's so many statements that are, that are made about, um, feminine femininity or the divine feminine comes from a menstruating body or a breastfeeding body or a uterus owner or a, you know, all these things that are defining women, um, in ways that, in, in ways that in my opinion, don't, don't make somebody, you know, a woman, like a, a woman. I don't think there's, it can't be exclusionary, you know? No, it's like, it's such an interesting conversation. And I totally agree with you. But then also touching on the point of like, people who have uteruses do have certain, like in healthcare, they, they are going to experience difficulties. But then again, if you are, you know, transgender, like your healthcare is also compromised. Like you're like, nobody's getting fair healthcare in this country, at least, unless you're like a, a cisgendered male, pretty much. So, um, but yeah, I, ha I had never heard that term before until very, very recently, like TERF, like trans exclusionary, what is it? Trans exclusionary feminist. radical feminist. So it's, it's like feminists who exclude transgender women from their idea of like feminism. Oh my gosh. It's like so backwards. It's like so annoying because it's like, you want to be like fighting for just your rights. Like you don't want to fight for everybody's right. Like you're so mad at your rights not being respected, but then you're not going to fight for other people who might have other, I can't think of the word you guys. I'm so, my brain is so fried and it's only Monday, but it's just the whole idea of like intersectionality and feminism, intersectionality in, um, you know, just fighting for any social activism is like recognizing that yeah, part of your identity 
might be marginalized, but there are other people who might share that identity with you and then have other identities that experience further oppression. And so, yeah, it's just so backwards to me that there's an actual like title that they give themselves to be like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm not an intersectional feminist and they're like proud of it. It's embarrassing. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely horrible. Like I a hundred percent operate on the principle of we're not free until we're all free, you know? it's arguably more harmful than misogyny, misogyny or men, men oppressing women to have women oppressing other women and trans women. Yeah. As you guys can see, there's, there's just a lot to this conversation that I really wasn't aware of until I dug deeper and thank you to Esty for, you know, also alluding, you know, opening my mind to these concepts so I could realize these things. Um, I I think that's that's about all I have to say. But I, what about USD? Anything else you want to bring up? I mean, I guess I just kind of wanted to talk about how. I mean, growing up, I did not have the highest self esteem, and then when I started dating, like beginning to date people, have relationships, I. Um. Well, I guess I do know what the reason is now. Is you know through therapy and realizing like relational trauma like early in my childhood and kind of experiencing like compounding events with people who were close to me and so just not having a good idea of like what it means to be loved by a person that you're you know romantically interested in and so that could be you know if you're a heterosexual woman interested in men or if you're a woman interested in women like you know, pansexual, like all of the above, like it's just started getting into like dating and relationships. Like I had a very low self-worth. So I was making very poor decisions. I had a very poor taste, like a toxic taste in the people that I was attracted to and engaging in relationships with. And when I started getting into spirituality and kind of learning about like feminine energy, masculine energy, like divine feminine, all of that, it, it, helped me to kind of like tap into and like see my own self-worth just as, um, you know, I identify as a woman and like, I identify with feminine energy at times. And I like to tap into my masculine energy at times and just kind of like being able to find like the worth in that. And there wasn't a certain way that I had to behave to earn the love or respect from, um, the people that I was trying to date. Um, And so it kind of like helped me with that. But then over time, like, you know, on TikTok and social media, it was, I started realizing that like certain, certain conversations about it would kind of rub me the wrong way and would almost like send me back into that headspace of like a very low self-worth. And it's like, you know, when you see people on TikTok or whatever being like, okay, how to be a high value woman or you know, signs that this is a low value man or something like that. And just having that label was just kind of triggering to me because it just put me in that headspace of like, oh, what am I not high value? Like this person treated me like shit. I must not be like a high value person. Or they would say things that I'm like, oh, well, I don't do that. Like I must not have high value, you know? And it's just, I don't know. I just felt like it was really harmful because there's just no like cookie cutter way that people are supposed to 
live and act and date, you know, like we're all different. Everyone does things differently and there's no like right or wrong way. So it just like really bothered me. Um, and then also realizing that like a lot of what people are saying of like, well, okay, if you want to be in your feminine energy, then, you know, you should never offer to pay on a date or, you know, you should always be dressing up or something like that. And it's like, wait, wait, hold on a second. Like, this is sounding exactly like gender norms that everyone is like trying to get away from. But now we're talking about it again. Like what it feels like we're going backwards. Um, and I, I've just like heard other conversations of people saying that like the divine feminine, divine masculine conversations is just patriarchy repackaged, even if that wasn't the intention of what the original meaning of it means, especially in like spiritual conversations. It's almost like in social media communities, it's almost like hijacked into this, like once again, like very heteronormative, like gender norms of like, this is how you should act if you want to be a high value woman. And this is how a man should act if he's a high value man. And if you're outside of that, then like, you, what value are you bringing to people? And it's like, that's just really harmful. And it might resonate with some people and other people it might not. And I don't know. I don't know. So I was just now when I like hear those phrases, it kind of like rubs me the wrong way. Um, and yeah, I, I, and in our conversation with Jordan, I think I was saying something about like tapping into my masculine energy and we kind of talked about like, well, what if we just looked at it as like someone's personality instead of like using those labels? Um, I don't know. That, I guess that's just like my, that, those are my thoughts on it. I don't know. But if people want to use that and that's how they like to talk about it, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, I think it's it's like however someone wants to identify their personalities or like the aspects of their, the, the characteristics of like what their persona is, then that's like whatever they want to do. And that's valid. Um, I think it just bothers me when people start putting labels on how other people do things, you know? I don't know. What do you think? No, absolutely. I, you took me back to a couple, like a, a couple years ago, when I heard content like that about a high value woman and high value man and what a woman should be doing right now to increase her value for a man. And that was extremely triggering when I heard it as well. And it was like, whoa, like, am I missing something? And do men really think this way? Cause it was, a, it was a man saying this stuff. And I'm like, is this really what, what men think? Like we like, is this, really what all that they value and they don't they don't really care about anything other than x y and z like that was it's very triggering it's very confusing and it's awful it's awful it's just awful so I, I totally hear you um and now how I'm seeing how the two connect and it's like yeah it's it's like scary like I don't want this stuff out there like you know it's just it's so harmful it's and people are really buying into it or eating it up and it, it's really harmful. Um, but yeah, I think I can also relate to you and that it gave me solace when I first heard of like masculine feminine energy, because me and Esty both alluded to in our, in our episode with Jordan, we used to be like hyper, you know, productive people. Um, and I think when I learned about like feminine energy, I was like, Oh, like 
this is a valid way of life too. And I, I just don't know how much that's like shown in our society that it's okay to, you know, like relax, honestly, <laughs> like it's okay to just go for a walk out in nature or, um, journal or, you know, just do these like more relaxed things that are still like beautiful, awesome things to do. So I think, um, or, or just do nothing. Right. So I think it just like gave me that peace of mind when I first heard about it as I was like transitioning. Cause I think there was probably a big wave of, you know, people who feel the same as Esty and I, where we went from being like gym rats to like recovering gym rats. <laughs> and, um, that helped me during that time. But yeah, it's just, it's a huge conversation. I guess Esty, you're right. Like everybody can kind of take it and internalize it and make it work for them. And fuck all the people who are perpetuating harm, <laughs> which I was kind of doing in our last episode. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I feel like it's just something that's like always at play in our conversations. And, you know, I did like, none of us are perfect. And a lot of like, like I had, I was definitely in a phase where I was the person who was like eating up all of that content. And I was like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to do all of these things. and I'm going to act like this on the date so that this person sees me a certain way, you know? And it's like, we just, we just kind of do it. I think, you know, I think as long as people just always kind of like question what they're consuming, I feel like that's, that's just, I feel like that's like the hill I'm going to die on. And I have to remind myself that too. I'm obviously not like, I mean, I've definitely been guilty of falling into every single, you know, content trend that there is. Um, so, but I'm just trying to like keep myself on track as well. And like, um, oh, there was a couple other things. Oh yeah. I And I do think like with like the soft life movement, I think it is becoming more acceptable and it's almost like trendy to go for a walk and to, you know, live that softer life but then again like like content creators who are pushing it as like the lifestyle to have or like this is how you know a high value woman should want a soft life or things like that like those are just examples of like things I've heard that's just like makes it so black and white and it also can put people in danger um you know because there's also times when and like I have nothing against people who decide to be a stay-at-home parent because you know raising kids is a job and it's and it's work and however you want to live your life you can but um you know there's also people out there like um I was like reading an interview with this woman who had four kids who were like financially dependent on her and she like got remarried and you know was a stay at home mom, but she was the one who was financially like responsible for her four kids because the dad, it was like the stepdad or whatever. And then there was like an unexpected divorce and she ended up homeless with her kids. Um, and so she's always like promoting, like, you have to be careful. You have to have a plan. Like you still, you can't just be in this fantasy that this could be, you know, anything can happen. So just like being smart about things like that. So it, it can be dangerous if you just like blindly follow these ideas of like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to do, do nothing. Even though, again, I, I want to say like being a stay at home, I don't have anything against that. I think everyone should live the life however they want to live, but it's just like, there are 
scenarios that can be dangerous. I was in a relationship with someone like a very toxic relationship. I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the pod, or maybe it was the episode that we like still haven't put out yet. I'm not really sure. But anyways, I was with this like toxic person when I was in college and, you know, he, if he wanted me to do something or drive to his house and I said, no, he would be like, oh, well, I'm the one that put gas in your car. So like, you know, or like if I wanted to go do something with my friends on the weekend or like go on a trip, like a road trip, you'd be like, well, I put gas in your car. Like, you know, I paid for this or I paid for that and like hold it over my head, which, you know, is super harmful. And, you know, certain people who are consuming the content of like, oh, a high value woman just, you know, have the the man pay all of your bills and things like that. Like you can get stuck in a abusive or controlling relationship, things like that. If you're not like keeping your head on right and, and questioning things and just like making sure that it's a healthy situation. Um, and then to your point about kind of going back to the other extreme, it's like after that experience, I wouldn't let a guy pay for anything. Like I always wanted to pay for half or I always wanted to, if he paid for something, I would pay him back. And I dated a guy who didn't like that dynamic in a dating relationship. Like he enjoyed, you know, paying for that, like that made him feel good about himself and that's valid for him too, you know? So it's like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It's just like, everybody's so different. I don't know. Izzy, help me. What am I trying to say here? No, I mean, you said everything perfectly. Like that was, <laughs> those were such good points because yeah, you're just a hundred percent right. I mean, I think it just comes down to like, health, like healthy, like being around healthy people. I mean, like just like, you know, good people. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Maybe like, I'm just like that, like super cynical and like bitter and that's like don't trust anybody you know I don't know maybe that's maybe that's the situation I'm in right now but but kind no. of what we're talking about like in the beginning is like there's light and dark to everything like there's right there's always going to be like a dark side of something so like don't just blindly follow it like find that dark side and keep your eye on it so that you're not um, blindsided by it. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah. I mean, I think that it comes, that's a perfect example of a man who is paying for things to be controlling and a man who's paying for things because that's, you know, his genuine, um, you know, part that he wants to play in the relationship. So I think it's, you know, probably like following intuition and just, yeah, watching out for yourself, you know, um, yeah, and taking, yeah, taking, taking care of yourself and, and making sure you're, you're good first before you just a hundred percent let somebody kind of, I don't know, try to, you know, change you and do what feels right. Like even in terms of following these like feminine qualities, like what's genuine for you, if you genuinely, you know, prefer a certain thing over another then do what you just genuinely like to do it like almost back to what Jordan said about personality like just be true to you you know I don't know if that tied it up but those were those were extremely important parts points thank you Esty for sharing your experiences thank you yeah hopefully that wasn't too much like word salad you know Thank you, key holders, for being here with us. And 
if you know anyone or have any ideas for people we could try to bring on to talk about these topics, um, maybe people of different gender expressions or, um, you know, people with different experiences so we can share their message, let us know. And thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone. See you next time, whenever that may be. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Key to Connection podcast. You can connect with us on Instagram at the Key to Connection podcast. DM us if you'd like to join in on the conversation or have an idea for our next topic or guest. Tune in on Thursdays for new episodes.